All right. That video and all the footage was put together by our missionaries on the field. So those, even the drone footage, I think I approved somebody to buy a drone at one point, but I'm glad I did. So, uh, the, so the people that are, that, that the videos you saw were seen and shot by people that are serving among those, those people. And I, I want to just introduce that term to you. One of the things that's important to us in Asia Pacific is language. And, and what we're trying to you know, get out there is that there are people that since Jesus gave the Great Commission are still waiting to hear their very first presentation of the gospel in all of history. And so we're, we're trying to lay that out, never reached. We're, we're hoping that you'll catch a vision for that. And, you know, earlier when President Hagen was up here and he was talking about prophetic and profound, there was a bunch of peas. It could have been an easily, you know, a three-point sermon. I'm going, that's a lot of pressure on me, okay? Because I'm like, I, I go to the guy next to me. That's a lot of pressure on the guest speaker, you know? He's like, are you the guest speaker? So since there's a lot of pressure, I've got to do something to alleviate that. And since language is important, one of the things we're trying to help, like, kids to understand missions, you know, you get in front of a group of little kids and say, uh, you talk about unreached people groups, and they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so what we've started talking about is endangered species. And when you say to like a little kid, what's an endangered species? They're like, oh, you know, I know what those are. And so we're also talking about endangered peoples. And in Asia Pacific, we have a mascot, which is a Malayan tapir. Nobody has a Malayan tapir stuffed animal. Nobody, okay? We got these custom made. So Toby, the tapir, wears a t-shirt that says, pray for endangered peoples. Now, because it may not be that prophetic and profound, I am going to throw two of these out into the audience, and that will rock. So here goes one. <laughs> I don't want to throw it in a balcony because we don't want anybody going over the edge, right? President Hagen, that would be disastrous, okay? So I, I think there's more people over here. So here goes our second one. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I only have two top ears with me. Every top ear is tagged with a tag that has an unreached, a never-reached people on it. So your commitment is going to be to pray for the never-reached people group on the tag. And he gave it away. All right. We want you to pray for never-reached peoples. You can buy Toby online for $6.99, but uh, yeah, you can. The other resource I want to make you aware of is we have a book called Go, 40-Day Journey to the Never Reached. It is a 40-day devotional that will walk you through the goes between the ascension and the resurrection of Christ. The word go is used 32 times after the resurrection with eight go imperatives. There are 40 devotionals in here. It'll inspire you to go. If you love missions, you'll love this book. And that's available. Go, a 40-day journey to the never reached as well. You already met my wife, Liz. She stood earlier. And we have with us Ryan Larimore, who's my pipeline guy. And if you're interested in anything I talk about with Asia Pacific, he's out in the lobby. And you can see him uh, in between times. But Ryan, did you stand up so they just know who you are? He's like my Grizzly Adams, so you'll know who he is. All right, good. All right. 
Um, I do have a word for you today, and I, you know, if, if Brother Fauzi had trouble delivering four points in his time, I've got five points, and President Hagen said we could stay till one o'clock. No, I am just kidding. That's not what he said. So, I will be on the numbers. So, let's read the scripture together. Title of my message this morning is, Don't Be Surprised. Don't Be Surprised. And this is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And it's a story we've probably heard before. I don't know if you've ever heard a missions message on this story, but what I want for us to do today is let's take 15 minutes now and journey with Jesus, okay? Let's take a walk with Jesus and his disciples today. And Mark chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that rulers in this world lord it over, other, over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The title of my message today is Don't Be Surprised, and I want you to know that life is full of surprises. You know, as we talk in this Antioch society these days about reaching the lost and reaching those that have never been reached before with the gospel, and I would add as you prepare to go out into a life of service, whether you'll be a teacher, a business person, a vocational minister, life will be full of surprises. And so the first surprise I want to talk about this morning is don't be surprised when even really good people do things that shock you. Now, think about this. I want to draw a little context here. Jesus is walking with his disciples, and John and James come to him and ask to be put ahead of everybody else on the team. Now, I, I guess we've read this passage enough, but think about this just for a moment. John probably wrote the most quoted verse in all of human history. Who can quote John 3.16? Only about a third of the students here, so that's, you know, 
<laughs> no, I, I know most of you know John 3.16. I mean, even non-believers know John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. The guy that wrote it is now asking to be put ahead of other people, and I want to be actually the most powerful person in your kingdom when it arrives. You know, I, I would say that if you think about it in context, it's shocking. And I want to talk for a minute. Many of us, as we sit here in this chapel, have hopes and dreams about our future and about the calling that God has placed on our lives. I know that as many of you sit here in this chapel, you think to yourself, at some point I'll be used of the Lord, whether it's in a field of business, education, or vocational ministry. We've got a dream about where we want to go and what we want to do for the Lord. And so as you dream those hopes and those dreams, I want you to know that there are real people out there in the world. One thing I wrote in my notes here are that there are no utopian landing zones when it comes to following God's will. The closer we go to the front line, the more these kinds of things will become a reality in our lives. The second surprise is don't be surprised when you learn that suffering is part of being a Christian. You know, uh, Jesus lays it out for them, and he talks about the idea that there will be a bitter cup of suffering for John and James. You know, I don't think we should be surprised. I, I guess, I think we oftentimes like the stories of deliverance, don't we? Wouldn't it be awesome if I, if I shared, and, and I had deliverance happen during our 23 years of serving in the largest Muslim country. I could share stories of God's deliverance on myself, on my family, on people. I believe I had angelic encounters during my 23 years, and yet there were times where deliverance did not come. You know, in my book, Apostolic Spark, I outline what is an apostle. Well, Paul gives his resume in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and onward, and he talks about how many times he was stoned, how many times he was put in jail, how many times he was whipped. And so there were times where deliverance did not come. And so don't be surprised when suffering is a part of, of, of what God has called us to. You know, as... As America becomes more and more post-Christian, and as painful as this process is, we live in a world that is really not Christian. You know, um, I, I want to talk just for a minute. You know, as as a, a, a somebody who said yes to Christ, and 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 you know, I I love the times we've been having here in in chapel these two days. You guys have an amazing worship culture. More so than I've seen, and I go around to the schools and things, so I applaud you guys. Matter of fact, I almost got knocked over as you guys were trying to get your way down here to the front and get into God. That was great. You know, so, so everybody, but we're singing these songs, and we're saying yes, and we're saying I'll obey, and I'll surrender, and, when, and, and it's all good until it actually happens. And that's why my third point is don't be surprised when it actually happens. Don't be surprised when he asks us to suffer. And, and I love John and James when Jesus said, are you able to suffer? And without hesitation, they said, we are able. I want you to say that for me. Say, we are able. I, I really believe that that's sincere. And yet, when we face the moment of suffering, it becomes different. 
you know, I would say it was easier for me to face some of the personal sufferings that I faced, but I have three children, and uh, my, my kids all grew up on the mission field, and my second daughter, Kelly, every year I, I would take my kids out for like a birthday breakfast, lunch, or something like that, and I, I love going out with my second daughter, Kelly, because she'd sit across from me and she would say, um, Daddy, I want to live in Indonesia for the rest of my life. And I would say, no, Kelly, you know, you're going to have to come home to America to go to college. She goes, I don't want to go to college in America. I want to stay right here. I love Indonesia more than any country in the world. So as she grew into adulthood and, um, you know, made some of her life decisions, she, uh, she married. And then I guess her husband didn't have a, much of a choice. But, you know, they went back to the mission field as missionaries in Indonesia where I served. And uh, about a year and a half ago, um, she had her first child, right around Mother's Day 2018. So she's home, and uh, during, you know, after the the birth of the baby, and on Mother's Day 2018, um, people in the city where they were serving decided they would just start blowing up churches on Mother's Day. So suicide bomber in a van drives into the Pentecostal church, ba-boom kills a bunch of people. His two teenage sons drive into the parking area of a Catholic church, blow themselves up, kill a bunch of people. And the shocker was that the mother and the 9 and 11-year-old daughters strapped themselves with bombs and walked into the lobby of a church on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Ba-boom. Killing a lot of people. So I'm, you know, <laughs> this is my daughter who's now there in that country. And I'm like, you know, when are you, what's going on? And I'm asking all these questions and, and concerned about, you know, what's about to happen. As it turned out, the chase to track down the groups that were perpetrating the bombs in a city of six and a half million people landed in their neighborhood. Police all around, they were locked down in their home. And, and as I'm trying to find out what's going on, I'm talking to her on the phone. And at one point she stopped and she said, Daddy, you weren't the first person to call me. I said, what do you mean? She said, before anybody else called me, my Muslim friend called me on the phone and said, Kelly, are you okay? Because I know they're blowing up churches and killing people right now, and since you're the only Christian I know, I had to call to find out if you were okay. That's why we put ourselves in these positions. That's why we go out and bring the gospel to people. That's why when Jesus said, are you willing to suffer? Suffering will come. But we do it because there's somebody out there and you may be the only Christian they know. A young man, a missionary named John Allen Chow, Missionary with All Nations Mission attempted to reach a mostly isolated tribe in the Indian Ocean. He was killed by that tribe. It was on CNN, Fox News. A lot of people, you know, were talking about it. And uh, a lot of media coverage. Some of the media coverage said, well, why do people try to impose their religion on someone else? Yeah, the question was asked. Matter of fact, the New York Times said, if somebody would just write in and explain why you do this. And... One of the answers that I wanted to write in was, I wanted to say what you don't know is that 
there really is a God of the universe who really did send his son in human flesh, who really did die on the cross for the sins of all mankind, and really did rise again from the dead. That's what we're willing to die for. I think the problem sometimes is we go out and we're going to suffer out in the world. We can't be suffering for the wrong things. The only thing worth laying our lives down for is that we are followers of Jesus who really was the Son of God, who really died on the cross and really rose again from the dead. Those are the things that we need to be willing to suffer for. You know, uh, I, I rarely like to talk about my own sufferings, but I'm going to just share this brief story. You know, during one of our times when we were church planting and some things happened in the city where we were living and I was on a business visa trying to keep myself in the country and yet preaching when I could on the side, etc. And um, from, for one reason or another, the police found out what I was doing and um, Ended up getting arrested by the police. My wife and kids managed to get out of the country. I'm arrested. I'm in jail. And if you look at me, this is not jail material, okay? So I am not a jail person. <laughs> but I was in jail, right? And I was scared. But I'm living in a country with blasphemy laws. And they paraded witnesses in one at a time. And here's what the witnesses said. Did he he say something bad about the religion of the uh, the majority religion? They would ask that question. And the witnesses said, the only thing he says is that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. Those are the only two things we really hear him talk about in public. You know, my release was contingent on the idea that I had one message as a believer that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again from the dead and I was willing to go to jail for those two things, but those two things only. And so my, my hope and prayer as we talk about not being surprised here is that we would be willing to say, I'll lay down my lives for the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. With 43 seconds left, I'm going to give you the last two in succession. Don't be surprised when there's conflict in the body of Christ. This created a lot of conflict between John, James, the other disciples. And don't be surprised, number five, that serving is the answer to everything. When Jesus saw this conflict that was going on between his disciples, he pulled them all back and said, listen, the key to this thing is servanthood. I came to give my life as a ransom for many, and we need to now give our lives to tell the story about the one who came and gave the ransom for us. That's what the Antioch Society and the initiative is about, is that getting that message out, and it will require a servant's heart even to the point where we will serve up our very lives for the gospel of Christ. And I hope and pray, students, that that'll be our testimony here. I'm going to pray. Stand up. You'll be dismissed. If you want to spend some time in prayer here after the dismissal, love to pray with you guys. Thank you, President Hagan. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much, students here, for your missions trips and your participation in the Great Commission. We love you. We appreciate you. Lord Jesus.
Lord, the answer to everything is being a servant. And it's easy to be a servant until somebody asks us to do something we don't want to do. Lord, I pray that as we say to you we are able, that, Lord, you would truly make us able, God. We confess that we don't like to suffer, and suffering is not fun. We confess it, Lord. But help us, Lord Jesus, to be your servants. Let that be our testimony, Lord. Lord, let us go out as servants giving our lives. Lord, put that message in our heart. Thank you that you died for us and you rose again from the dead, Lord. Bless these students this weekend, this semester, as they go out on missions trips. And then as they step off of this campus and go out into all the world, Lord, I pray that there'd be a commissioning of servants of the Most High, Lord, that are committed to you. Lord, that they would not be surprised, oh God. We knew it was coming, we would say, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, help us help that to be our testimony, Lord Jesus. We commit our lives to you once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.